And welcome to the first ever edition of the Cold Ones and Hot Takes podcast. I'm DJ, the Salty Giants fan, here with my buddy John, the Colts fan. What's going on, guys? I know what you may be thinking. Why would two guys whose teams are combined 0-4 after week two suddenly decide to start a football podcast? Well, the easy answer to that is that we're just two friends who love football, and we finally decided it was time to create a podcast and share our thoughts with the world. And we're secretly hoping it covers up the fact our teams suck. Um, but our plan for this podcast, we will upload two podcasts per week. One will be an informative slash prediction style like this one. It will be uploaded before Sunday. And the other will be a weekly games review uploaded by Thursday of the following week. Um, today, we're going to take a deep dive into this week three slate. We're going to go game by game discussing injuries, fantasy plays, betting plays, and much more. So the first game we'll be looking at this week is the Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, looks like Vegas has a point spread, Buffalo minus 7, over under sitting at 45 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report here for the football team, it looks like Matthew Ioannidis is questionable with a knee injury, and the Bills secondary is banged up. They've got Levi Wallace and Dane Johnson questionable with knee injuries as well. Uh, looking into the numbers here, it looks like the football team's defense has gotten off to a slow start this year. It ranked 20th in both the pass and the run defense. A little bit surprising after how they played last year. Uh, Buffalo's defense couldn't be any better. I mean, they had an easy matchup last week against Miami after Tua went down, but they have the second-ranked pass defense in the entire NFL thus far and the seventh-ranked rush defense as well, which puts them in the top five in overall defense. Um, For offense, Buffalo is 23rd in the pass, which is a bit surprising after Josh Allen made a pretty deep MVP run last season. Uh, Washington sitting around 16th with good old Taylor Heineke at the helm now. Uh, fantasy targets for this game, I'm definitely looking at Stephon Diggs. 22 targets in the last two games for him this year. He's had a slow start fantasy-wise, only 15.9 in week one, 16 in this week, or week two. Uh, but last year he was the NFL's leader in targets, receptions, and yards. Um, for the football team, for fantasy, I'm targeting absolutely nobody. I predict that they will get absolutely slaughtered this week. I don't think they'll score more than 14 points, and they'll have absolutely nobody worth talking about when it's all said and done. See, here's where I disagree with you. What do you think, John? I think it's actually going to be a close game, to be honest with you. Okay. Why? Why is that? I think a playmaker that's going to be surprising everybody is Taylor Heineke. Oh, God. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, a little bit about Gardner Minshew to be honest. With you. <laughs> Gardner Minshew, why is that? Um, he's just he's almost he's very similar to Gardner Minshew, except he doesn't have the mustache. Yeah, he doesn't have the male modeling career to fall back on like Minshew. Maybe he's a little bit more motivated for that reason. I don't know. You might be right. Well, well I think Taylor Heineke's gonna have a decent game against a banged up secondary. That is true. Well, I don't think it's going to be enough to get past Buffalo. I think they're going to – the spread is going to be – I think Buffalo might cover the spread, to be honest with you. could be a 10-point game. But I don't think it's going to be a slaughterhouse, to be honest with you. I say Buffalo by 27, just because I hate the football team. So the next game I want to talk about is Cincinnati Bengals in Pittsburgh this week. So the over and under is 43. And the spread is minus three Pittsburgh for Vegas. Interesting. The injury report for the game is Trey Waynes is going to be doubtful. And T. Higgins is doubtful also. Pittsburgh, Deontay Johnson is out. 
TJ Watt is also out, which is a big factor in my That's opinion. That's a big loss for Pittsburgh. And for fantasy, I would target Joe Mixon. Definitely start Joe Mixon. I think he's going to have over 100 yards plus rushing this week and two touchdowns at least. The only reason I think that is TJ Watt carries that defense, to be honest with you. I really think so. I mean, I could be wrong, but Pittsburgh allows 326 yards per game passing and 84.5 rushing. And a lot of that is due to J.J. or not sorry, not J.J. Watt, um, T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt, yeah. But um, I think it's going to be a big game. Watch out for Chase Claypool since um, Deontay Johnson is out. I haven't really – we haven't seen much of uh, Chase Claypool at all, to be honest with you. That is true. He's had a slow start to the season. I mean, after that guy bet $1,000 on him to lead the league in receiving yards, and he thought he was his father, we should have known that he was going to have a bad year. He had no confidence in himself. He's been making too many YouTube videos, probably not training hard enough, and I'm calling him out right here on the first ever Cold Ones podcast. Chase Claypool, you're trash. Damn. Um, But I'm going to go with the upset for Cincinnati, 20-17. to I think Joe Burrow... Bounces back this week. Joe Mixon has a big game. And Jamar Chase could also have a big game since T. Higgins is out. Definitely going to get targeted a lot more this week with him out. Maybe Tyler Boyd might step up a little. We haven't really seen much of him. Well, after my jab at Chase Claypool, I will say I expect Pittsburgh to win this game. I think Najee Harris is going to have a huge game. Someone I followed a lot in college at Alabama. He's a very, very good running back, and he's just been waiting to bust out. I think it happens this week against the Bengals' defense. They struggled last week against Chicago. Not as much stopping the run, but their offense was pretty bad last week. I look for them to bounce back a little bit. Maybe they'll score 20 if they're lucky against Pittsburgh. But I think Pittsburgh gets the job done here. I'm going to say 27-20 Pittsburgh. See, this is where I disagree. I think Najee Harris is overrated. Oh, here we go. I, I think he is overrated. I think he's underrated. I drafted him in fantasy one this year, one league. He's a bust. He's I think week he's three. a bust. You cannot give up on Najee Harris. If you do, you're stupid in my opinion. The, thing, of, the thing about it is they don't have an O-line to like, protect Big Ben. They don't have an O-line to run the ball. With Najee Harris at all. That's a fair statement, but in the second half of last week, they started to target him a little bit more in the passing game, which will make for a better better fantasy line for him this week. In my opinion, he will end up with 125 combined rushing and receiving and give him two touchdowns in the win for the Steelers. I would definitely take the over for this game, though. Over 43? That's I don't fair. think that's bad. No, I can see that. Pretty low. 27-20 kind of game. We'll take the over. Give me Pittsburgh. But I'll take Cincinnati, 20-17. We'll see about that one. All right, the next game we have here is the Atlanta Falcons at my New York Giants. Um, Vegas has the Giants favored by three points. Cross your fingers on that one. And the over-under is sitting at 47.5 as of right now. Uh, injury report, it looks like the Falcons have a couple wide receivers that are going to be out, Russell Gage and Frank Darby, as well as cornerback A.J. Terrell. Uh, for the Giants, they have three players listed at questionable, Kenny Galladay, Nate Ebner, and the always-hated Evan Ingram. Um, for the defense rankings this year, the Giants are bottom half in both pass and run, a little bit different than what we saw last year from them, very disappointing thus far, 22nd in the pass, 19th in the rush. 
Falcons are sitting mid-table in the rush and the pass defense uh, thus far this year. Surprising after last week when they gave up 48 points, but that's a different story. Um, as far as the offense, Giants are 15th in the pass so far, 12th in the rush. That's a huge upgrade from what we saw last year under Jason Garrett's offense for the first year. Uh, they're bottom half in basically both the run and the pass, if I remember correctly, which was pretty pathetic. Um, Falcons are bottom half in the, both the run and the pass this year. Their offense has not really gotten off to a good start. Um, but fantasy targets for this game, I'm going to say Kyle Pitts on the Falcons should be targeted by just about everybody this week just because of how pathetic the Giants are against tight ends. Um, he's been receiving seven, eight targets a game just about as a rookie, which is very good, and we'd imagine him to be a red zone target if the Falcons can even get there. Um, and the Giants linebacker core is complete trash. But for the Giants, uh, if I had to target one player for fantasy, I know this is going to be crazy, but it would have to be number 26, Saquon Barkley. I know it's been a slow start for him this year coming off the torn ACL, but this is a very favorable matchup for him at home against a shitty run defense. Um, Giants O-line did look a little bit better last week, although they lost Nick Gates to that terrible leg injury, which made me almost cry, but it's all right. We'll, we'll make do. We'll make do. Um, and my prediction, I honestly can't predict this game because both these teams are fucking terrible. But my only prediction is that someone will win this game. There has to be someone. It will not end in a tie. That's all, that's all I can tell you. I have no idea who's going to win, how it's going to happen. Some fan base is going to be so dejected at this game, probably the Giants, with my luck. But someone's going to win. That's all I have to say. What do you think, John? So this is... This is what I'm going to say. I think this game could end up in a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What do you think? The Giants and the Falcons go 0-16-1? Is that what we're getting at here? I think it could end up being 0-0. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So under the 47 is and a half is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, totally. That's definitely going to I would put my whole apartment on it. Wow. But that's, the that's thing is, the only thing that is very risky about it is Atlanta – Gives up 40 points per game. They That's do. literally at 40 Their defense has been awful this year. And the Giants' offense has looked a little bit improved, knock on every piece of wood that you own after making that statement with Jason Garrett as your offensive coordinator. But, I mean, we have seen some some improvements on offense, probably because Evan Ingram hasn't played yet. Oh, yeah, that's totally true. Kyle Rudolph, great signing. I think the Giants Keep are going to win this game. I think Giants fans are going to have something to cheer about. For the please, first time this year. Please, I'm praying to I mean, every I really God. wouldn't be cheering against beating the Falcons, though. I'll cheer for beating freaking a D2 college at this point. Oh, the Giants just have not remembered how to win football games, apparently. Well, I think it's going to be a good game. And I think the Falcons... I always have thought that Matt Ryan's underrated. I mean, that's fair. He did get to the Super Bowl and maybe choked it away a little bit. But he a got little there. bit. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, but I think three. I don't think the Falcons defense is what's gonna lose their game. We haven't we haven't seen That's anything true. from Atlanta's defense yet. They I, haven't showed. I don't even know if they have a defense. That is true. And my unbiasedness is telling me Kenny Galladay might have a big game this week. I don't know. I mean he was seen yelling at, at Daniel Jones it looked like last week, but then he said it was Jason Garrett. So I hope he was yelling at Jason Garrett because he's trash. I'm actually going to come out with a prediction for this game, a bold prediction. What's that? I'm going to say Darius Slayton over 100 receiving yards. Wow. 
a comeback game for him. Yeah, after he dropped the easiest drop pass. Last time. But I think he's going to step up tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. I really hope so. We I need a Darius big play slay. It's going to be the one that gets 100 yards in this game. And I think he's going to break out tomorrow. We'll see. Tomorrow, 1 o'clock, you'll catch me with the box of tissues ready, expecting the worst for my Giants. <laughs> so the next game that I'm going to discuss about, I'm very interested in this game, actually. It's going to be Ravens in Detroit. Mm. The over and under is 50.5. The spread is Baltimore favored by 7.5 points. Upset alert. The injury report, the injury report Sorry, is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, he's questionable. Marquise Brown is also questionable. Stanley, their uh, offensive tackle, he's out. That's a big loss. And um, Deshaun Elliott, their safety is questionable. And Jimmy Smith is questionable. That's going to kill them if Jimmy Smith is not 100%. He's really their only corner that could do something on that team now. After, um, what's his, what was his name again? I forget. Can't think about it. Me either. <laughs> yeah, I know he's good, though. Yeah. I don't know why I can't think of the name right now. Names are not popping into my head. But um, Ravens cornerbacks. But the Lions, um, they have Jamie Collins out. Trey Flowers is also questionable. And Kelvin Strong, their DN, is actually out. Yep, good old Jamie Collins back on the trade block. The thing I think about this game is Detroit's allowed 30-plus points in eight straight games. That's a killer. That is terrible, very pathetic on their part defensively. Um, but however, this week, I just feel like the Lions could shock some people. Honestly, the Ravens had a big emotional win last week on Sunday night against the Chiefs. Um, they probably have been taking it easy this week in practice, looking at their schedule, saying, oh, we're playing the crappy Lions, one of the worst teams in football. But the truth is, they're really banged up. They're on their fourth string running back. Their O-line's banged up. Their cornerback's banged up. I think we could see one of the biggest upsets of the NFL season take place in this game. I don't know why, but I think also the, the thing that's making me question the Ravens is their defense. Passing yards, they've allowed 389 points uh, yards per game. 72 rushing yards per game. That's stellar. I mean, it's okay. It's better than allowing more than 72, but 389 passing yards per game. For this Ravens defense, they are dying without Marcus Peters right now. That's his name. Yes, they are. Marcus Peters. Yes, Torres ACL. Yep. But the thing that also makes me want to take Detroit in this game is Jared Goff has been playing the best football I personally think of his career. You go from the Rams to Detroit. He's got 584 yards, five touchdowns, two picks. I know it's week three, but I think he's been playing really good. He played good against Green Bay in the first half. What do you think about Jared Goff? I'm just going to say right now, I know everyone thinks the Lions are probably the worst or bottom two team in, in the NFL. I think they're a tad bit underrated. Now you look back at week one, they, they did fall behind quite early against the 49ers, but in the fourth quarter they battled back and played quite well to come back and almost bring that game tied up at the end. They had a chance with the ball. They only lost by eight points. And last week against the pissed-off Aaron Rodgers on Monday Night Football, they held in. They were ahead at halftime. I mean, sure, they ended up getting blown out in the second half, but who didn't expect that to happen even in the first half? I mean, I think they've been playing decent enough football to hang with a banged-up Ravens team at home, and I think maybe they could even win this game. I think I would take the over. 
the Lions and TJ Hawkinson on my fantasy team. That's what I would do. Another big target in this game is definitely going to be um, Hawkinson. That's true. He's got 16 catches, 163 yards, and two touchdowns already. Huge year. Goff's definitely, favorite target. He's definitely connecting with Goff, as you can see. My big, my biggest fantasy key players for this game is Tyson Williams. Not bad. And obviously Jared Goff. I don't have Jared Goff in any of my leagues, but he is not a terrible quarterback. Will we ever see Le'Veon Bell play for the Ravens? I don't know. I mean, I grabbed them in fantasy and I dropped them in every single Buried one. on the depth chart and not even active. <laughs> I think Jared Goff's also going to have 300-plus passing yards and at least two touchdowns. I can see that. Goff could have a big game. The Ravens' secondary did not look good at all, but then again, they played the Chiefs last week. That's a lot better than the Lions' offense, but we'll see what the Lions can do. I mean, they got some receivers. Cephas is not bad at all. That's about it. I mean, they have him and Hawkinson. <laughs> Jamal <laughs> Williams... Think- they have Swift. They I mean, with what weapons. Jared Goff has on his team, I don't think he's playing bad at all. No, he I mean. He doesn't have, like, a starter wide receiver on his team. No, he doesn't have really many weapons besides Hawkinson, but first-year head coach Dan Campbell, we'll see what he's made of this Sunday against Baltimore. And my prediction for the game is going to be Baltimore 30-27. to 27. I, I'm always saying that. Because I think Buffalo is a little better. I mean, not Buffalo. Freaking Baltimore is a little better. But at the same time, I took Baltimore from my survivor pool. So I'm shitting my pants currently. I got Lions 34-30. Bet the mortgage on the over. The mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the next game we have in this week three slate is the Chargers at the Chiefs. Right now, Vegas has the Chiefs as a seven-point favorite and the over-under sitting at 54-and-a-half. Uh, injury report for the Chargers. Cornerback Chris Harris is out with a shoulder injury. Defensive line Justin Jones is questionable with a calf injury, and Joey Boza is questionable as well with a foot-slash-ankle injury. Chiefs have some key players on the injury report as well. Defensive end Frank Clark is doubtful with a hamstring injury. Defensive end Chris Jones is also questionable with a wrist injury, as well as cornerback Chavarius Ward with a quad. Uh, Looking at the defensive rankings here, the Chiefs rank dead last in run defense this year, giving up an abysmal 202 rushing yards per game. Over 40 more than any other team in the NFL thus far this season. And you would think with that, their pass defense would be top half. No, they're not. They're ranked 17th. Still putting them in the bottom half in both defensive categories. The Chargers, on the other hand, also have a terrible rush defense, ranking 30th in the NFL. But we don't expect that to loom too large against the Chiefs, who barely ever run the ball. And the Chargers also have the fourth-ranked pass defense so far. We expect that to go down this week, as Mahomes will probably throw for at least 350 in this game, regardless of who wins or what happens. That's just what happens with Mahomes. Offensive rankings, you can imagine both these teams top five in passing yards this year. Chargers are fourth. Chiefs are second. Chiefs are 28th in run offense, go figure. And the Chargers are 20th in run offense. Uh, For fantasy watch, this game, you just got to put both of the quarterbacks, Mahomes and Herbert. That's basically what you're going to be watching this game. The running backs will probably be more involved in the pass game than they will in the run game. Um, I imagine a lot of points in this game. I think over 54 and a half is probably my bet of the week. We have, we'll be doing that segment a little later on, but 
Right now, just looking at it, I don't understand how these two teams couldn't combine for 55 points given their offensive advantages and how bad both of them might have been on defense. I mean, we know the Chargers are the worst team in the red zone so far this year. That's got to change. They start putting the ball in the end zone. We know the Chiefs will. So I could very well see this game going over 60 points, maybe even by the end of the third quarter. We'll see. What do you think, John? I think the Chargers can pull an upset. Can you imagine the Chiefs being 1-2? and two A lot of people give the Chargers start. a chance this week. I don't know. I don't see it. I just don't. My heart really wants me to take the Chargers, but I just feel like the Chiefs are so... The Chiefs are too good at home. And coming off the loss they had last week, I'm sure Mahomes is going to have them boys prepared. I mean, they almost tasted the Super Bowl last year. They were there and they got killed. So I think they're going to come out this year aggressive angry and they're gonna put up some points in this game can you just imagine if the chiefs start one and two though in their first three games like i just it doesn't seem real yeah there's a chance i don't think it's gonna happen that's why i really been putting a lot of stock into the chiefs this week i think they'll cover the spread and they'll win the game a lot of people like the chargers with the spread i think it's gonna be chiefs by 14 to 20 points i'd say maybe 38 to 24 when it's all said and done we'll get give you 62 points and the chiefs by the spread what do you think? I really want to take the Chargers with an upset. I don't know why. I think the Chiefs are going to pull out victorious. But I totally agree on the over. I think it's going to be a massive scoring game. I think it's going to be to the end. I think it's going to be a close game to the end. Could be. I mean, divisional games usually play out like that. But the Chiefs are always the exception to the rule, it seems like. The next game I want to discuss about is the Arizona Cardinals in Jacksonville. The over and under is 51.5, and the spread is Arizona favored by minus 7.5. Interesting. On these struggling Jaguars. Yep. Kyler Murray this year, I want to point out, he is 50 for 68 on pass attempts, almost 700 yards, seven touchdowns, and three picks. He's having an absolutely monster year. I know it's been two weeks, still really early, anything can happen. I also want to point out Trevor Lawrence's stats, 42 for 84. 50%. 450 completion. yards, four touchdowns, five picks. A lot of rookies seem to be struggling, except Mac Jones, to be honest with you. Um, There's something I want to point out real quick, John, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, going back to last year, I'm sorry to bring this up. I know you're a Colts fan, but after week one of last year, uh, when the Jaguars were 1-0, they tweeted out a video of their entire team in the locker room celebrating, and they said, 1-0, we ain't done yet. Since that tweet, the Jacksonville Jaguars are 0-17. <laughs> so do you want to talk about jinxing your entire franchise with one singular tweet just from a week one win last year? I think that the Jaguars are cursed. I think they may never win another game again. Maybe their, their franchise might just fall out and they may go 0-17 this year and the next year and the next year until Roger Goodell just boots them out of the league. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. Another big key player for the Arizona Cardinals this week is going to be Rondell Moore. He's got 11 catches, 182 yards, and one touchdown. The rookie. He is playing phenomenal right now. He really is. He's a stud. Uh, I want to point out the injury report. The D-hop is questionable. Most likely playing. We know he will. Nuke will fight through it. Uh, Byron Murphy, questionable. Ooh, they need him. Marco Wilson, also in the secondary, questionable. And Brian Winters, their guard, is out. They also have another tackle out, Joshua Miles. 
not a big factor, but Brian Brian Winters is a big um, factor, to be honest with you, because he was playing great. And the Jaguars have C.J. Henderson out, or he's questionable, sorry, and Trey Herndon, questionable. So that's two of their secondaries that are questionable for the Jags, and they already have a terrible secondary in the first place. Yeah, what secondary? <laughs> I was going to say. Like, I want to say that they allow 309 yards per game on their defense, which is kind of bad, to be honest with you. I fully expect the Cardinals to steamroll him here. Oh, yeah. I think Kyler Murray is on his way to an MVP season. If not, he'll finish in the top three, in my opinion. He's having a great year so far. But if the Jaguars want any chance, any chance, I think they got to give the ball to James Robinson a little more. I know the Cardinals have a good line. I agree with that. It's going to be tough. But James Robinson needs to get involved more in the agree. offense. That was a thousand yard rusher last season as a rookie, and through two year, two weeks this he, this season, he's really hasn't gotten the ball much at all. Probably around twenty carries combined, in two games. So he's actually got sixteen carries, seventy two yards. Yeah, that's even so worse. He's averaging eight carries a game. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you need to have him help take the load off Trevor Lawrence in order for that offense to get moving. I don't see how the Jaguars can even have a chance when you don't even give it to your running back. It's just going to be – this game's going to come down to if the Jaguars can keep up with the Cardinals. I don't think there's any way they're going to stop that Cardinals offense with their terrible defense. Like John was saying, I just think the Cardinals are going to put up close to 40 points here. Trevor Lawrence, he might put up decent numbers here, but he'll be chasing probably a majority of this game as well as every other game the Jaguars play in. For fantasy, I want to do my uh, factors for fantasy this week for this game. For Arizona, it's going to be their defense. I can see that. I would start Arizona's defense against the struggling Lawrence. Get Chandler Jones some more sacks. For Jags, James Robinson. Yes. I know Arizona has a very good line. And, I mean, Chandler Jones looked great week one. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, But I think Robinson could have a good game if they hand him the ball. There's always that chance that... Arizona struggles a lot sometimes. They do struggle on their defense. Yeah, their defense was pretty bad last week. 34 points to the Vikings. Should have lost that game. But like we said earlier, the Vikings field goal kicker is just about as reliable as my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> so I also um, want to pre- – I got a prediction from Chase. He's not here today. But his prediction is Kyler Murray has 350-plus passing yards, three-plus touchdowns, and a win. And for those who don't know, our good friend Chase, he's a diehard Arizona Cardinals fan. Uh, fully expecting them to win this week for him and go 3-0. and um, Barring some unnecessary circumstances taking place, I fully expect Arizona to route in this game. So now we're going to start our lock of the week. Basically for this segment, we'll each pick our favorite game of the week. It could be a team with the spread over or under, um, but we'll keep track of our records as we go on through the weeks. Uh, just one game each a week, whatever we like the most, whatever's most appealing, whatever we would put our mortgage on, as they say. Um, you can go first, John. What's your pick of the week? My lock of the week is going to be the Minnesota Vikings over Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Money line. Wow. Last I checked, it was, um, it was even. Not bad. But I think Minnesota, after being 0-2, they're going to come back strong. And they're going to be 1-2 and two after this week, and Seattle's going to take an L in the column. As long as it doesn't come down to their kicker, I like their chances. 
Um, my lock of the week is definitely, I was already talking about this before when I was talking about the game, over 54 and a half in the Chargers and the Chiefs. I just don't see how these two teams don't combine for 55 points. I mean, both have prolific quarterbacks. Both have struggling defenses. Both teams barely run the ball. The clock's not going to be running too much. I mean, I just don't see how they don't combine for 55 points. I mean, maybe if the Chargers keep playing terrible in the red zone, that's the only way. I mean, I don't know. I agree with that. Those are our locks of the week. All right, so the next game we've got up on our week three slate is the Chicago Bears taking on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, right now, Vegas says the Cleveland Browns is a seven and a half point favorite. Over under is at 44 and a half. Um, the Bears injury report. Wow, that is a very long list. Uh, most notably out is quarterback Andy Dalton uh, with a knee that'll give rookie Justin Fields his first career start this week. Shall see how that goes. Uh, they also have a number of players questionable. Headlining that probably be wide receiver Darnell Mooney, as well as defensive back Eddie Jackson. Uh, also defensive tackle Akeem Hicks is questionable. Um, for the Browns, they're not as beat up as the Bears, but they are still missing offensive tackle Chris Hubbard and linebacker Sion Takitaki, one of the best names in the league, might I add. Uh, and questionable is their left tackle as well, Jedrick Wills. Um, looking at the defensive ranking so far, the Bears, who um, always have a good defense, it seems like, are fifth in the rush. We'll see how that goes against the Browns' rushing offense, which is 10th in the league. Um, the Bears' pass defense is 14th in the league, and the Browns rank at 20th. Um, fantasy targets for this game for the Browns. We'll be looking at tight end Austin Hooper. Um, we expect him to be the main target this week as the Browns just lost Jarvis Landry last week and Odell Beckham's first game back from a torn ACL. Can't imagine he'll get full run or full targets going his way as he normally would. Give it up for Odell. He's finally back. I miss you, Odell. I did miss you as a Giants. I really do miss you. But hopefully you can stay healthy for the rest of the season and contribute to this Browns team because the Browns really could make a Super Bowl run. Maybe. Uh, but fantasy targets for the Bears, I think we're going to go with Allen Robinson if I had to go with somebody. He was really quiet last week, two receptions for 24 yards only. But with Mooney being questionable, we expect him to get some extra targets going his way this week um also expect the bears to be chasing maybe justin fields will probably turn it over early in this game if i had to guess uh given the browns an early lead which will make the bears have to throw in the second half quite often to try to catch up look for Allen robinson to really pad his stats in the second half what are you thinking about this game john i think the Browns are going to demolish Chicago. I don't think Justin Fields is good. I don't think he's good either. I've been on record saying he. I think he's the most overrated quarterback in the league. Everyone thinks he's going to be a prolific starter eventually. I just don't see it. I don't see his decision-making being on that level, and his downfield accuracy is just not where it should be. I'm not sold on Fields. Like I was, I've been always trying to tell Kyle Chase all of this. Every Ohio State quarterback is a bust. It is true, recently it's, especially. I just think Justin Fields just doesn't have the accuracy. He can run the ball. Yeah, he, he's fast. He's very fast, but uh, maybe he should switch to running back. I don't know. He's not, not I've been watching. Jackson. I've been watching Fields since um, the high school TV show on Netflix, the quarterback 2, QB2, Beyond the Lights. And he was great in high school, but I don't think he's NFL material at all. 
He was great in college. Nowhere, I don't think he's going to be good for the NFL at all. Yeah, I mean, in the NFL, you really need that extra accuracy, and I just don't think he's got it in him. I mean, he seems to be a little wild with the ball, especially when he scrambles and has to throw downfield. His passes get really inaccurate, and that can create a lot of turnovers for his team, which is why I think you're right, and I think the Browns will route in this one. I'm going to say Browns 34-14. I'm going to say 35-17 Browns. I just think they're going to be a really good team. They're hot. They really almost beat the Chiefs week one. They did. They were right there. I love Baker Mayfield. Love him. Yeah, Baker Mayfield is one of the best personalities in the NFL. He's always got something to say. Most of the time it's funny. Some of the time he's just an asshole. I love it. I liked one time where he told his coach for preseason this year, he actually told his coach about um, playing time because he wanted to play in preseason. And his coach said, if you fight with someone, we're going to have to put you in. So he said, I'm going to fight someone. (laughs) That's what he said he was going to do. Love that. I love Baker Mayfield. I think he's very underrated. Everybody hates Baker Mayfield. They think when he first started, they wanted to say he was like Johnny Manziel. Yeah. He's 10 times better than Johnny Manziel. Nothing like Manziel at all. He is, I think he's a top, I'm going to be honest with you, I think he's a top seven quarterback. I could see that. I mean, I'd definitely put him in the top 10 somewhere, close to 10. But he's up there for sure. I think he's 10 times better than Lamar. Ooh, I don't know. I think Lamar is not a good quarterback. He's a good running know. back. Today. I don't know. We'll save that for another day. But sorry, Bears fans. I don't think this is going to be your week. <laughs> the next game, my favorite game of the week. Oh, here we go. A huge game. The Colts in Tennessee. Those stupid Titans. Can't stand them. Ryan Tannehill, I hope you hear this now. I fucking hate you. I think you are overrated. I think you are the worst quarterback in the NFL. Uh, the one thing I will say bad about Tannehill is his touchdown celebration is the worst thing I've ever oh, seen in my crazy. life. I really I hope he learns his lesson one day and, like, twists an ankle. I don't want to say tears an ACL. I don't want to be that guy. But I hope he, like, twists an ankle or something. He's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that dumb shit anymore when I score. So for the injury report for this game, Tennessee doesn't really have anyone injured, to be honest with you. But our Colts are definitely banged up. We got Braden Smith, our tackle, who's out. That's a huge one, our right tackle. So now we got to put Stupid Davenport in. He's trash. Literally, he doesn't block anybody. Can't even block a rock if he had a chance. Uh, We got Jordan Glasgow out, linebacker. He's not really special. But Carson Wentz is questionable. But I am hearing that he's likely to play Sunday. Well, speaking on behalf of everybody, we don't want to see Jacob Eason playing again. (laughs) No, never again. Uh, we also got T.Y. Hillen on the injured reserve. It's a sad time for Colts fans. That is sad. It's T.Y. Hillen isn't good anymore. He's not who he used to be. But he's just that distraction that the Colts have on the field that's it's definitely helpful, to be honest with you. Yeah, he is good to have. I want to point out Wentz's stats this year. He's got 498 passing yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Good start. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's got 32 carries, 107 yards, no touchdowns. He's definitely shaky this year so far with the O-line. Yeah, well, I saw he still has the most carries inside the 10-yard line this season in the red zone. He's got eight of them. So I look for him to get on the score sheet this week. And another person I want to point out is Michael Pittman Jr., 11 catches, 152 yards. 
He looked really good last week. He did look amazing last week. And now I want to point out the Titans. They got Tannehill, who's, who has 559 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Unbelievable that Tannehill has less touchdowns than Carson Wentz, Titans fans. That's all I have to say is Tannehill is a joke. But wait, fear not, Titans fans. Here on the Cold Ones and Hot Takes podcast, we pride ourselves on unbiased opinion, so we will be bringing on a Titans fan as a special guest to rebuttal against my friend John, the Colts fan. Live on this podcast, you will hear what the Titans fan has to say to John. We also have Derrick Henry, who's got 52 carries already in two games, 240 yards, three touchdowns. I cannot hate on Derrick Henry. I hate him, but king. I can't hate on him. The king. And um, my fantasy impact player is going to be Derrick Henry because this Colts defense is not looking good against the run at all. It's true. They just, I don't know what's going on with them. They're allowing 120.5 rushing yards per game. Chris Carson ran all over them. Um, Daryl Henderson ran all over them. It's just looking at a few of the Colts defense right now. The over and under is 48. I believe that can go over. If Wentz plays. If Wentz plays, yes. That's the key. If Eason plays or Brett Hundley, we're fucked, Colts fans. We are fucked. I'd rather put Hundley in at this point based on what I saw last week from Eason. Absolutely. My goodness. Um, terrible. It's going to be a close game, but um, let's get our our Titans fan on the phone. Yeah, let's see what he's got to say about this. Let's take the Titans two years in a row to the playoffs. Um, I think it's time that people... Stop saying that. Like they, they're comparing Tannehill to his time in Miami, where you know, Adam Gase is just, you know, running the show over there. So you think Tannehill's not bad? I think Tannehill's better than people uh, make him out to be. I you think, think he's, he's better than Carson consistent. Wentz? But they, I think he's better than Carson Wentz. He stays on the field. That's fair. That's fair. Carson Wentz has been fragile. Um, I don't know. I think he. Uh, I, I think Tannehill doesn't need to be great, too. I think with what they have with Henry, the way the offense is built, they don't need Tannehill to, to put up, you know, 4,000 yards a season, which he almost did last year anyways. I can agree on that. That's true. He did put up a lot of yards while Henry led the league in rushing. Yeah. And uh, now with Julio Jones, like, how are like how is anybody going to stop him? Julio Jones... Is looking pretty good this he year. He did nine catches, one hundred fifty-seven yards right big now. Big week last week from him. Yeah, the the big thing though is just that their offense is clicking. But if they're not clicking like they were in week one, then you know. But uh, last week with Henry, Henry and Julio both went off, and with uh, the Colts situation with uh, Wentz, like I don't know how much of a uh, if, if Wentz doesn't play. I don't think the Colts stand a chance. No, not they at all. No chance. Jacob Eason is trash. I agree with that. He is total trash. 100%. And Brett Hundley is not going to help the situation at all. No. No. <laughs> Definitely. He, he plays for the Packers with, and uh, when uh, Rodgers was hurt. And I don't know. He wasn't, he wasn't anything too impressive either. So. Not at all. Um, but I do want to point out one thing to you. The Titans' defense has allowed 316 yards per game so far this season for passing. 106.5 yards per game for rushing. Do you think this Titans' defense can turn it around? Oh, the Titans' defense is sus. (laughs) It is, man. Like, there's no no sugarcoating it, man. 
it's it's rough. Their secondary has been rough. Um, I know one of the safeties that they just uh, like they they just signed or whatever. They just cut him who was starting last week. So like, <laughs> that's great. They have some serious question marks. They had uh, one of their starting safeties got hurt week one against Arizona. Uh, Amani Hooker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but their their pass rush has been better. They signed uh, Bud Dupree last year, and uh, he's not he's awful. Been pretty, he's been pretty good, and Jeffrey Simmons has been pretty good up front too. So they've been getting some pressure to the quarterbacks. It's just the secondary is just it's it's young. Um, they have one one guy cornerback who kind of shut, did really well against DK Metcalf last week. Uh, Christian Fulton. He uh, he held him to like fifty six yards. Something like that. Not um, That's not bad at all. No, Metcalf did have a bad game last week. I remember that. Yeah. Um, Tyler Lockett was impressive last week, though. He looked insane. Oh, he looked insane over the Colts defense, too. He burned us. But um, yeah. an interesting stat for you, buddy, is uh, the last eight games against the Colts, Derrick Henry has averaged 5.9 yards per carry. Ooh. That's a lot of yards. Gash in that defense. That's almost six yards per carry. That's bad. Another thing is, too, last time we played you guys, Derrick Henry had 178 rushing yards and I think three touchdowns. Jeez. Three touchdowns in the first half. <laughs> yes. He ran all over us. But they also were without – I believe Leonard was out. I know Buckner was out and Autry was out, too that game yeah the Colts were missing a couple yeah, yeah they were they, they definitely were missing some players but um I I'm, I think the Titans won like 46 to 28 or something like that that game yeah yeah because we did we but, beat you guys the first game like by a lot and I think that score is a little deceptive too because I think the Colts scored like really late like I think the Titans just dominated like they dominated right from the get-go yeah yeah so what do you think about the kicker situation in Tennessee terrible <laughs> they have Randy Bullock, who used to play for the Bengals, uh, as their kicker right now. Who I'm pretty, I think last week he went four for five out of field goals, which is good. But uh, he missed the one field goal that was over 40 yards. It's 44 yards. Everything else was under 40 that he did hit. But um, it's been terrible for, for the Titans ever since we got rid of Ryan Suckup. Sad time for the Titans fans for special teams. Didn't they have a FedEx it player is. last year? Yeah, didn't they have a FedEx player last <laughs> was year? Was it a UPS guy? They, they've had, like, just... <laughs> it's, been, it's been crazy who they've, they've had. Like, I think they've had, like, six or seven kickers the past three years, which is insane. I mean, they might as well draft Kyle Chase for a kicker. And... They might as well just draft anybody. Like, I, like I'm about to give it a go. Like, I don't blame you. Know, me and Coach. Around, you know? So the big key that we also saw for the Colts this week is Braden Smith is out, their right tackle. Yeah. And Carson Wentz is questionable. You already know that. Yeah. The O-line for the Colts looks bad. Yeah, I mean, other than Nelson. I mean, Nelson's the only one. I mean, he held his ground against Aaron Donald last week. Yeah, but the Titans have the same situation. We're, uh, like, Luan. Yeah, Luan's uh, out, right? He's, he's playing. He was a full participant at practice. And uh, they they were worried last week before uh, before the game he was um, he was doing some like pregame drills or whatever and he uh, I guess like slipped or something and like tweaked his knee a little bit and they were worried about it but 
everything turned out okay. So he was full participant in practice, and looks like they're he's going to be good to go this week. But that's big. Um, but his the one week he did start was the Chandler Jones week where Chandler Jones just dominated them. There's like film where like Buda Baker dominated them too, which is not supposed to happen to a Pro Bowl uh, elite tackle to be dominated by a safety. No, not at all. He did tweet out so, that uh, Chandler Jones exposed him after the game. I remember. Oh yeah, he did tweet that out. He said, "Yeah, well, I mean, this is his first game coming back from an injury where I'm pretty sure he got hurt playing against the Colts." What are you doing? Did he, did he tear his ACL or something? Yeah, I, I might be wrong. I know J.M. Brown did got hurt, was out for the rest of the season against the Colts, and I'm not sure what's going on with him if he's going to be playing this week either. So the over and under for this game is 48. Do you think it's going to go over or under? I think it's going to go under. You think so? I think it's going to be more of a, a defensive game. I can see that. Um, the, the Colts have done a really good job with Tannehill uh, playing against them. Like I think last year, like I think he had under 400 yards passing between two games. And uh, like he didn't really do too much against them. But that was also one of the weeks Henry just dominated and took off at the one week that the Colts won. Tannehill threw for like a hundred and like twenty yards or something like that. It was nothing crazy. Yep. So, so the big um, key for the Colts too is they also have Xavier Rhodes back. Yeah. And he didn't look bad last year with the Colts at all. Yeah. He didn't look bad he in Minnesota. Played, he hasn't played at all this year. Or this nope. First game, back? first game back. Yeah, going up against AJ Brown, Leo Jones could be <laughs> very tough. stressful. That is tough. <laughs> it could be so. Because I know Rocky Sin's not going to do anything because he's garbage. Yeah. I can't stand um, him. It's going to come down it, – it, honestly, it's going to come down to is Wentz playing, and then if Wentz is playing, is he going to be able to stay in the game? You're right. So, I think the, one of these AFC South teams can – there is a chance that they can beat the Chiefs and get to the Super Bowl. I don't know about that. I think both of these teams are very underrated. I think the way the Titans' defense is playing, it's – they're going to have to score 50 to, to beat the Chiefs. Which I think with their offense, it's, it's honestly, it's capable. Well, but, and Kansas City doesn't have a great defense either. No, agreed. Um, if Tennessee can figure out their secondary, you know, then they they might have a, have a shot. But um, the way it's been looking, like I said, they have one guy, Christian Fulton, who has been great this year. Um, other than him, like even Kevin Byers has been – Kind of sus. Um, so for your so for your prediction for the game, what's your prediction for the score and who wins? Uh, I say twenty four twenty one Titans. All right, so I have twenty seven twenty four Tennessee. Yeah, I got twenty seven seventeen Titans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it, like I said, is gonna like if. If Wentz isn't going to play, I'm not, yeah. like, I would change that in a heartbeat. But. Too many question marks for Indy, I think. I agree. I agree. They, they got a lot to figure out. And I feel like Tennessee doesn't have as many question marks right now, you know, at least with the way Henry was playing last week. They build off of that. But he did. He touched the ball like 36 times. So. Oh, yeah. The first game of the year, he didn't look too good with Arizona. No, but he, they also thrown him the ball. He had like six receptions last week, which was career high for him. That's different. Yeah, that's surprising. So, 
I mean, for fantasy owners, I have him in my my league. So like he uh, he uh, he did pretty good for me last week. Yeah, you have forty something points or something. 30. Yeah, he played great. Yeah. So um, thanks for coming on our podcast. We'll have to have you as a special guest again. Yeah, we'll bring you in after the Titans win. So the next game I want to discuss is the Saints against the Patriots. The spread is minus three New England, their favorite. And this is going to be the first Brees-Brady-less matchup since 2005, which is insane. Interesting. That is crazy. So the over and under is 42.5. Jameis Winston hasn't really looked good. He looked good week one. Let's be real. Yeah, not a lot of yards, but a lot of touchdowns in the first week. Kamara hasn't looked good. He's 28 carries for 88 yards. He's yeah. all right. They haven't really opened up the offense for him much. But um, the biggest key factor in this game, I'm going to have to go with Mac Jones. He is playing so good this year. 51 for 69, 467 yards, and one touchdown. He has oh. not thrown a pick this year. Well, I think Belichick's making this offense very simple for him. He's really just making one or two reads every play, short throws majority of the time, not really throwing it deep, not really risking it to his credit. Like you said, hasn't turned the ball over. Jameis, we know, has a problem with turnovers, so that very well could decide this game between two really good head coaches. He also has problems with stealing crabs at a restaurant. That is true. Fuck you, Jameis Winston. uh, The injury report is McCoy, their center, is out for the Saints. Three coaches are also out. Four returning players, oh, though. COVID Saints. Uh, New England's got Trent Brown, who's uh, questionable, and Adrian Phillips, their safety, who's questionable. Um, the Saints fantasy player that I'm watching is Camaro this week because New England isn't that good against the run. That's true. But New England's fantasy player, I'm going to say, is Jacoby Myers. He hasn't played too well this year. For New England, their leading wide receiver is James White, who's got 12 catches for 94 yards, and those are all probably just dump passes. Yeah, there are definitely Mac Jones dumpy passes. But it's going to be a crazy game not seeing Breeze or Brady playing against each other. And um, I'm going to go with my predictions for this game. I'm saying the Saints win 27-20. Kamara has over 100 yards rushing. Honestly, maybe over 150-plus Combined for uh, receiving and rushing. Saints are going to cover. And I got Mac Jones throwing his first pick of the year. I could definitely see Mac Jones throwing his first pick of the year. I'm also going to pick the Saints to win this game, although that scares the living hell out of me. To trust Jameis Winston on the road against a good defense, to not just throw and turn the ball over and lose his team the game, it really it scares me a lot because I feel like that's what he's going to do. And the Patriots, like I said, are just good at making the short passes, moving the chains, keeping control of the ball. I can definitely see this game going their way, but I do think the Saints are going to pull off the upset. I got 24-21 Saints. I think Alvin Kamara, like John said, is going to lead their offense. He needs to have a big week if they're going to win this game. I also think that in this game, Bill Belichick has done a great job with Mac Jones is here. I really... Yeah, no, he has done a phenomenal job. I mean, we were all surprised when Cam Newton got cut at the end of preseason. I mean, that took everybody by surprise. But, I mean, we see it's for good reason because last year, Cam Newton, he was just turning the ball over a hell of a lot more than Mac Jones has been this year. 
and it's you saw their success last week against the Jets. They won just by controlling the ball on offense and forcing turnovers with their defense. That may be their their key to success this year. Now, I want to say the over for forty two point five is going to hit. I can see that. We'll we'll take the over. Saints and over. And now it's time for America's game of the week. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers venturing into the L.A. Rams. Vegas has your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a one-and-a-half-point favorite with the over-under at 55-and-a-half. Very high total there. For the injury report for the Buccaneers, out is going to be receiver Jadon Minkins and defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, the Rams, running back Daryl Henderson Jr. is questionable with his ribs injury. I uh, saw Coach Sean McVay said it's going to basically come down to his pain tolerance on the morning of the game, so we won't really know. Also, um, isn't Ant Brown out too? Yes, we just actually saw that Antonio Brown will not make the trip with his team, so he'll be out as well for this game. That was a big loss for the Buccaneers offense, although they do have Scotty Miller who can more than step into his position in the offense. Um, Defensive rankings here, we're looking at the Buccaneers, who have the 29th-ranked pass defense so far. Look for Matthew Stafford to come out throwing early and aggressive because of this. They give up 342 passing yards per game. But on the other hand, they have the second-best run defense in the NFL, only giving up 57 rushing yards per game. Perhaps could be because they played the Falcons last week, who don't even have a running back, but that's for another day. Um, The Rams' defense... We know they have a very good pass defense, 11th in the NFL, led by Jalen Ramsey, one of the best corners in the league. Also have the 19th-ranked rush defense, not too shabby. Got big boy Aaron Donald on the line. Um, fantasy watch for this game, I for the Buccaneers, I think I'm going to say Chris Godwin. It's really hard to tell with them what receiver is going to lead the pack fantasy-wise, but I've noticed that him and uh, Mike Evans flip-flop weeks a lot for who goes off. Uh, week one it was Godwin last week it was Evans so my math leads me to believe it's going to be Chris Godwin this week Um, for the Rams I would keep an eye out for Sony Michelle I mean if Daryl Henderson ends up not playing or being limited due to his rib injury Sony Michelle could receive a bulk of the carries for the Rams last week he took over and had 10 carries for 46 yards not a bad performance out of him so we could see something out of him now as for my prediction for this game all the signs are pointing for the Rams to win. The fact that they just got Matthew Stafford. They are probably the most hyped team in the NFL. They're playing at home against the team who won the Super Bowl last year, who everyone's expecting to have a down week. So for all those reasons, I will be taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the game. Whenever you count Tom Brady out, that's when this motherfucker shoves it up your ass. So that is why I'm picking the Buccaneers. I think it's going to be a close game. I'll give it... 31 to 28 Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay is going to pull it out because Tom Brady is just a fucking dickhead. What do you got, John? I'm actually going to take a shootout here. I'm going to take the Rams 37-34. That's interesting. I think the Rams are great this year. They Matt Stafford has always been the most underrated quarterback good. in the NFL. Matt Stafford is unbelievable. He's just, he's great. We don't know if he can do it in the big games, though. No playoff wins. I think this is where he's going to have everyone shut up. After tomorrow, at 4 o'clock, the Rams are going to upset the Buccaneers. And the Rams are going to take, be tied in that division with Arizona. 
I mean, we'll see. This could very well be the two best teams in the NFC. Maybe an NFC championship preview. We could see Rams and Buccaneers. I do want to see how Cooper Cup does in this game, too. Yeah, I mean, I expect him to have a good day, per usual. Stafford seems to favor him over Robert Woods, at least so far this year. It could be a Robert or a Gerald Everett. No, Everett. Is, no he's on the... No, he's on the Rams. No. I thought he went to Seattle. Oh, yeah, he's right? on Seattle now. So who's their tight Higby, Higby, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby might have a huge game. Yeah, he could have a big game. I mean, he was quiet last week. He only had one catch, I believe. But, you know, he could have a big week. You never know with the Rams. I think they're Maybe Stafford very underrated. Will, Stafford will close his eyes and think he's Hawkinson or something. We'll, we'll see. Honestly, this might be the game of the week for me. <laughs> What's that? The New York Jets oh, in Denver. Come on. The over and under is 41.5. Denver is favored by 10.5. I don't think Denver should, even in the first place, be favored by double digits, to be honest with you, against anyone. Teddy Bridgewater is trash. I think he's garbage. Teddy Bridgewater, if you hear me right now, you are the worst quarterback in the NFL. I would take anybody over you. Overstatement. Relax. Honestly, I would take Sam Ellinger over you. (laughs) Okay, let's save that for another day. <laughs> but but you said this is going to be America, this game of the week, more like the game of that no one wants to watch this week. I will not be tuning into this game no matter how much you paid me. The well, you're going to be at my house, so you're going to be watching it. Uh, yeah, I'll, so, I'll not watch that screen. I'm keeping my eyes on the Bucks and the I Rams. I want to be honest with you. Broncos have a chance to start off 3-0 since 2016 with Peyton Manning. Yeah, they're hot this year, Denver. <laughs> The only thing that scares me about the Jets is they average 10 points per game. They beat up my Sorry, Giants. Jets fans. I'll never forgive you, Denver. But another thing is the Jets, a Jets rookie quarterback has gone 3-0 in their next start after throwing four picks the previous game. I'm telling you, there is a chance the Jets upset the Broncos here, ladies and gentlemen. Are you really predicting this, John? You really predicting I the Jets? I personally think, let's talk, start with this too, another fact for you guys. Jets lost 11 straight in September. It's the longest active streak in the NFL. Sounds about right. I think Zach Wilson is going to turn this thing around this Sunday, 4 o'clock against Denver. Wow. Zach Wilson looked so bad last week. Yeah. But Belichick is so good against rookie quarterbacks. I think it's going to be turned around for the Jets this week. Oh, I would watch out for um, Corey Davis. He's going to have a great game. Even though he's not even the leading receiver, it's uh, Braxton Berrios. Um, Nick Chubb, or not Nick Chubb, what's his name? Bradley Chubb is on the IR. He is out. That's a big loss. Uh, Mike Purcell, their D-tackle, he's also questionable. Crowder is doubtful, and uh, Coleman's out for the Jets. But I think these Jets are going to have a huge game. I want to take, for my fantasy predictions, I'm taking Zach Wilson for the Jets, and I'm taking Melvin Gordon for the Broncos. But... I think the Jets win 24-21. Zach Wilson will throw three touchdowns, no picks. That's crazy. I think Zach Wilson shows up tomorrow. I really hope you're right because I'm a big Zach Wilson fan. However, my honest prediction of this game is going to be Denver 27, Jets 10. I think Denver's defense is just too good for the Jets to move the ball on at this stage in Zach Wilson's career. They clearly don't have the best offensive chemistry going with their crappy O-line and their lack of receivers who know how to really create separation and get open. Um, I see the Jets struggling again tomorrow, honestly, although it pains me to say this, Zach Wilson will probably have a couple more picks. 
Broncos are a very stingy defense. They create a lot of plays. Even without Bradley Chubb, I still look for them to have a very good day tomorrow. And I'm going to say 27-10 Broncos. That's just my honest opinion. And Javante Williams, he'll have a big game. Jets fans, you guys are going to be happy tomorrow, I promise. All right, so our next game will be between the Miami Dolphins and... That's right, the Raiders are going to play the Miami Dolphins tomorrow at home. Big injury for Miami. Quarterback Tua Tagovailoa is out with a rib injury. Uh, big injury for the Raiders as well as their leading running back, Josh Jacobs, is doubtful tomorrow with his turf toe. Um, they also have a few guys out led by Richie Incognito and Roderick Teamer on defense. Um, looking at the defensive rankings for this one, Miami has been quite pathetic this year on defense, both in the run and the pass. 20th ranked pass defense, 27th ranked rush defense, giving up 133.5 rushing yards per game thus far this season. Uh, the Raiders are right in the middle of the pack on defense, both pass and rush. Um, this game, I fully expect the Raiders to dominate with Jacoby Brissett starting for the Dolphins. He looked absolutely terrible. Whoa, 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 hey, hey. Whoa. I, Mr. Colts guy. What okay. Doing? What? I'm going to start off with this. Jacoby Brissett is a stump. He is good to the community. He is a great quarterback. He had 18 touchdowns, six picks, till he got hurt with the Colts. And he put up a donut last week against the Bills. Big I old think donut. Jacoby Brissett is going to be a stud tomorrow, and he's going to upset these Raiders wow. in place for two of that's a bit that would be a huge upset. I really think the Raiders are going to improve to three and all. They look a lot better this year. Derek Carr has been playing phenomenal. Yeah. We know he's playing through an injury, but he's going to start tomorrow. John Gruden's lighting a fire up his team's butt. They look good this year. I think the Raiders are going to win. For my fantasy watch for the Raiders, it's got to be Kenyon Drake, especially with Josh Jacobs doubtful and the Dolphins giving up 133 and a half rushing yards a game. I expect him to have a field day against this defense, both on the ground and in the air. They get him involved with some screens, some outs, some wheel routes. We'll, we'll see a big day tomorrow out of Drake. Uh, for the Dolphins, if I had to pick someone for the fantasy watch, I would put out wide receiver Will Fuller. It's his first game back. Uh, like he's had a couple couple games to watch, get used to his surroundings down there in Miami. Brissett's going to be chasing points probably in the second half. He'll be throwing deep balls to him. Maybe we'll see him make a big touchdown grab or something to salvage his fantasy day. You know what, actually? The thing about Brissett is he loves tight ends. Loves them. Watch out for so Mike Gesicki. Gesicki. Yeah. Gesicki could have a day, too. We could see Gesicki day tomorrow. He started. We haven't to... seen much of Gesicki. No, he didn't do anything the first week. But last week he had a few catches after Brissett came in. So you might be right about that. Could be on to something. But I, I think that the Raiders win this game by 14 points. I'm going to say 31-17, the Raiders. I'm going to take Miami 35-20. to 20. I want what he is smoking. The next game I want to discuss are the Seahawks in Minnesota. Oh, boy. Wilson has been phenomenal this year. 40 for 54, 600 yards, six touchdowns, no picks. The only thing I think about Russell Wilson is he starts off really bad or really good. And then he just goes to shit. That's true. Um, Carson, Chris Carson hasn't been too good. He's been all right. Tyler Lockett's been phenomenal. Yeah, great start to the year for Lockett. Uh, the Seahawks don't really have anyone really big that 
is on the injury report. We got Rashad Penny, but who gives a fuck about him? Or D. Eskridge, no one really gives a fuck about him. Not Dwayne Eskridge. Um, Kirk Cousins also has been pretty well this year. He's had a good start. 600 yards, five touchdowns. Cook's been phenomenal. K.J. Osborne is the leading receiver with 169 receiving yards and a touchdown, 12 catches. I believe Dalvin Cook's questionable, right, with an injury? He is questionable. That could be a big loss. Christian Derrissaw is out also. Vikings need Dalvin Cook if they want to win. Anthony Barr is also out. So it's big for the defense with Christian Derrissaw. He's on defense, isn't he? Yeah. No, he's an old tackle. He's a tackle. He's out for their offense. Big loss. Anthony Barr is also out. Um, Minnesota's defense hasn't been looking good against the pass, and you know Russell Wilson cooks against the pass. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game, honestly. But both these offenses. I think if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, he starts, he plays, he plays the whole time. He's going to have 150-plus rushing yards with two touchdowns. I could see that. The only thing that scares me is Seattle has six straight wins against Minnesota. That is a lot. Six in a row. Could be hard for the Vikings to overcome. But they are at home. We, you know, Seattle tends to struggle on the road a little bit. So maybe the Vikings can do something for their fans this week and uh, get a win. The over and under is 55. I think it's going to be under 55. I think that's very high for this. I don't know. I think it'll be right around. Over, I say 31-28. Seattle's favored by a point Vikings. and a half. But my biggest fantasy keys are going to be Metcalf for Seattle. He hasn't really been doing much. He's been decent. I think the second game or the week before he was okay against. Yeah, pretty slow start for DK so far. And uh, Minnesota's going to be Cook. But I think Minnesota's going to win 31-27. I think. And that is my lock of the week. I think that's a good pick. Very good pick. I think Justin Jefferson is going to have a breakout week. He's been slow to start the last couple weeks. He's been feeling. He's been doing a majority of the work there. But I look for Jefferson to check in this week against the Seahawks secondary for sure. Sunday night football with Carrie Underwood. Here we are. We Take it away, Carrie. Packers Kerry. in San Francisco for a tough matchup. Aaron Rodgers is 5-6 and six in his career against San Francisco and is 0-3 in the playoffs against San Francisco. So maybe he's looking for a revenge game. The over and under is going to be 50, and 49ers are favored by three, actually. Not bad. It's going to be a crazy game, in my opinion. Rodgers looked really bad week one. Came together week two, but it was Detroit, so can't really say anything about that. Um, the injury report, um, the Packers don't really have anyone on the injury report. That's very important. Uh, the 49ers have Eric Armstead, their D-end, who is questionable. And uh, Elijah Mitchell is actually doubtful for this game. So Trey Sermon's going to get most of the carries for San Francisco because I think he's their only running back, or maybe there's one more, but he's probably boof. But let's be honest here. I think Devontae Adams is going to have a breakout game. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year. Definitely Surprising. going to score one next week. Yeah, I see that. That's a good bet. Adams to score a touchdown. But I also think Trey Sermon is going to have over 100 rushing yards. He hasn't looked hot at all this year. He's only had one carry, and he fumbled, I think, and got hurt. That's I think a bold he's going to be okay. Green Bay's... Rush defense is not that good. They allow 140 rushing yards per game. And that's what's going to kill them because their pass defense has been pretty good this year, allowing under 200 passing yards per game. But their run defense is garbage. You heard that, Kevin. Their run defense is garbage. (laughs) 
but I think the Packers are going to come out here and win 34-31 in a crazy game. They're plus 160, so that's insane to me because I think Green Bay's a lot better than San Fran. I don't think San Fran's going to even make the yeah. playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with Seahawks, that. Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals are 10 times better than them. I can go behind that. For this game, I do think that this is a horrible line. I I would flip it around, personally. I would favor the Packers by three points. I think the 49ers are very overrated. I think Vegas or whoever's making this point spread shit must just look at the records and say, oh, the 49ers are 2-0, and the Packers are 1-1, and let me make the 49ers favored. I think the Packers are a much better team, offensively especially. There's no way the 49ers have anywhere near the firepower that Rodgers and Adams have. And Aaron Jones, who had a huge week last week, four touchdowns. Can't even count out Tanya either. Yeah, big Bob Tanya at tight end. I mean, Kittle is definitely a little bit better. Sorry, Kevin, but it's true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, our buddy Kevin is a Packers fan. He's he got some big hopes for them this year. I mean, I think they're going to win at least 12 games. I, I'm not out on the Green Bay train like most people. After week one, everyone wanted to write him off because they played like crap against the Saints. I think Aaron Rodgers was just a little distracted with all the offseason crap going on, him retiring, going to jeopardy. And he was a little off focus in the first week, and we saw that early with the Saints, but he looked good last week. And I fully expect him to look good this week. I mean, he was the MVP of the league last year. Led the league in passer rating. Just about every passing stat besides yards, I think, Mahomes had him in. I think Rodgers is going to have a huge week. And the 49ers are going to struggle to stop him. And they're not going to be able to run the ball like they usually do. Because they're on their 20th string running back. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a trash can. Oh, shit, it was Monday night. Oh, sorry. I'm just practicing sleeping already because that's what I'll be doing for this Monday night matchup as we have the Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. I should not be on here talking about this right now. I should be the first one to say because these are my two least favorite teams in the NFL. Couldn't give a fuck about either one of them. Honestly, my notes for this game just say both teams suck in capital letters. That's all I really have to say. I don't have much insight behind this game because I couldn't give a shit about either one of these teams. If I had to pick a team to win, if I really had to, I would pick the Eagles 24-21 just because Cowboys fans tend to get a little too excited every year just because their team played well enough to lose like they did week one against the Buccaneers. I mean, they pulled one out last week against the Chargers, got a little bit lucky. But I think their luck runs out on Monday night. I think Jalen Hurts will move the ball on their crappy defense. I think Ezekiel Elliott will continue to struggle and be the overrated ball of blubber that he is. And I think Tony Pollard is 10 times better, but their idiotic coach, Mike McCarthy, does not realize that because he can't even see his playbook because his stomach's too big. I really think that the Eagles are going to win, probably, as much as that pains me to say. That'll be the only time this year you'll probably ever hear me say Eagles win. Um, but yeah, I mean, John, do you have anything to say about this shit fest? I think it's actually going to be a pretty good game. I, I won't be watching. Be, I think it's going to be a decent game. Dak Prescott has been looking really good this year. I know DJ hates him. He has been good. I give him credit. My team he, broke his leg he, last year. What could I say? He has, <laughs> he has looked really good this year. I think comeback player of the year, that's definitely a 100% for him this year. If he stays healthy the whole year. That is a big I was going to say McCaffrey, but uh, he's dead now, so um, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, I still kind of want to say Carson Wentz MVP, 
But <laughs> no, no, that's not. And Neither of those are it. happening. But I think the Eagles are going to come out victorious. Um, they got a plus one seventy money line, which I think is pretty good odds. Yeah, that is good odds. I might throw a little bit on them. That might make me watch the game. Honestly, Eagles money line. That's about it. But I think the Eagles are going to look pretty good. Jalen Hurts is someone to watch out for. He's not awful. I think he's really. I think he's asked. I think he's so overrated, but he is very. I, I just hate every NFC East team so besides guys, the Giants. You hear this right now, the Eagles fucking suck. They suck. <laughs> the Eagles suck, but they're gonna win Monday. And the Cowboys <laughs> fucking suck too. Yeah, the Cowboys but, suck. Oh, don't suck. get me wrong. Thank you, Eagles, for giving us the best fucking quarterback in the NFL, baby. Screw this game. Screw this shit. We're out of here. Screw this shit.